Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. Merry Christmas. This is your host, Joe Delera, And uh, this episode is once again brought to you by our good friends at Props.Cash. You know, it's it's the holiday season. So the red charts, the green charts, the graphs, everything, it's perfectly festive for today. And look, they've got, they've got a million things. They've got the hit rates. You can see how a player is done on alternate lines. You can see how a player is done against a particular team. You can see how different players have performed against that team at that same position when you're trying to do your analysis including you know overall just points per game allowed rebounds allowed assists allowed it's all at your fingertips whether you're on your computer or on your phone and you can have that for 25% off in your first month with code Delara 25 for props.cash so we love you guys and we appreciate the support on this podcast. Now, I'm not joined private producer Corey today. He is getting drunk at his holiday Christmas party, but I did bring in a very special guest who you guys all know and love as well. We've got Monotone Football here. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. You know, I'm not getting drunk at a holiday party right now, so that is a little bit of a bummer, but there aren't that many better things I could be doing at 10:18 on a random <laughs> Thursday night. So I'm excited to be here, man. You know, I love talking basketball with you. Great podcast, great sponsor. I would wear my props.cash hoodie if I remembered that that was your title sponsor. So already a mishap on my part, but hopefully you can still stick with us throughout the rest of the time. Hey, at least you got your Santa hat on. Like I texted you right before, I was like, "Get your Santa hat, dude. We're ready." <laughs> so this yeah, is. I got a huge. I got a huge head. It's not a good look for me either. If you can tell, <laughs> this thing's barely sticking on. So I, I'm sacrificing for you. I love the holiday spirit, though. I think it's going to bring us some good energy today. It- I mean, if you want a good laugh, this I actually use I use the Santa hat as my tree topper. So I took this off my tree to put it on my. <laughs> so- <laughs> So it's just, it's perfectly executed. But guys, the reason we're recording this on Thursday, I talked about this in the last episode. I've heard through the grapevine that people don't necessarily listen. We don't get the same downloads on the weekend. And, you know, Christmas is on Monday. We have some look ahead lines out right now. And I wanted to be able to fire this off into the sun with a little bit of football because Monotone actually can do, does, actually does a little bit of football. And, uh, you know, like I'll talk about it loosely, but I got an actual expert over here. And uh, then we'll talk about those Christmas Day games. So we'll try to give a couple best bets for each of those games on Christmas Day. It should be a lot of fun. Um, I also was on buckets for Christmas Day as well. So you can check out some of that analysis there as well. But uh, but monotone. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple NFL games first because you know the NFL plays on Christmas Eve, so it's a full day of NFL there. What are you thinking about? I feel like there's a couple like really cool games coming out there. You know, we got the Dolphins and the Cowboys. Uh, definitely looks like an exciting game. And we also on the Monday on Christmas Day we have the Ravens and the 49ers. What do you think about that showdown between Dak and Tua? for uh in miami i mean it's, it should be a warmer game you know it's they're not dealing with any snow there so what do you think about that game it seems like it's going to be pretty important for both teams but uh what, what do you think about that do you have any thoughts yeah i'm excited for that game i mean i think any football fan is for me i think the the thing i gravitate towards immediately is one i mean how how successful miami has been at home versus on the road right that's been a pretty defined edge they've had all year long they love playing at home the second thing we always talk about the offense the defense is actually was trending in the right direction right now jalen ramsey back i know they've had a couple injuries as well phillips is not good losing him, but it's still a strong defense. Uh, Last six weeks, this is a top five EPA per play defense, top five success rate defense. They've been trending in the right direction. So I think while everyone focuses on the offensive side of the ball, I think those sneaky improvements on the defensive side of the ball are actually going to be a little bit bigger of a deal. And I I mean, I know coming back to the Cowboys after a tough loss in primetime is never a bad idea. You like buying high and selling low generally in sports gambling. But I think the money's pretty evenly distributed between these two teams. And at this point, I think the Dolphins are the right side for me. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating game, right? Like Miami is fourth in DVOA, whereas uh, Dallas is sixth in DVOA. You got that at FTN over there with some of their information. And it's been really fascinating because Dallas, they keep losing to just like good non-NFC East teams, which is like, aka like not the Eagles, right? Um, so it, it's kind of a fascinating dichotomy here. Whereas Miami, they've kind of like 
they've been good, but then they've had a couple bad losses. What do you think, like when you're looking at this market and when you're looking at a team like this, I know you kind of can go either way, but do you think this is going to be like a little bit more of a higher scoring game or do you think this might be a surprisingly low scoring defensive showdown kind of on Christmas Eve? Yeah, I mean, I think the total's pretty sharp in this game, to be honest. Like, I don't lean uh, away very heavily on the other side. What I will say is what the Dolphins' defensive philosophy is, is they're going to want to keep everything underneath. They're going to play those Fangio too-high safety shells, keep those safeties back, and try to limit explosive plays. And what that does is that encourages you to run a little bit more. That encourages more Tony Pollard checkdowns, more Jake Ferguson checkdowns, and less down-the-field action, right? So for me, I I do think we could see an under game, but I think at the end of the day, a lot of people are going to make their opinion based on what side they like. Most people that like the Dolphins <laughs> will immediately like the over because of how great their offense has been. And most people that like the Cowboys will probably lead towards the under because of how good their defense is. But I don't think it's necessarily that simple. Yeah, I know you mentioned like some Tony Pollard, a little bit of Jake Ferguson. We have Ferguson's receptions line. It looks like it's at four and a half right now. Um, he's hit that in three of the last three games uh, or three games in a row, rather, against Seattle, Philly and Buffalo. Um, maybe that's a spot that you want to kind of look here. I mean, his his targets have been good. He's had eight in each game. So like whenever he kind of gets that kind of target share and based on the way that you think the defense is, maybe that's a, a little bit of an angle to look at. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, any guy that's running short, intermediate, over-the-middle routes is the kind of guy you want to target against Miami. That's the profile you look for, and that's what Ferguson has. So what I'll say is I think the touchdown bet, to go a step farther, to get that plus money, every week we see it around 200, 230. I think that's where you get some good value, to be honest. This is a guy that has dominated all year long in terms of targets inside the 10-yard line, right? It's CeeDee Lamb, him, and pretty, buddy, pretty much nobody else on this team. So that's definitely going to be one of my targets for, you know, some plus 230 action right there. Dude, that's that's juicy. That's music to my ears, man. I like that. So uh, you can kind of get the you can get that Jake Ferguson line, either the four and a half receptions of the anytime touchdown, maybe even parlay them together. Have have a pretty good time there. So I, I definitely think that that's interesting or definitely an angle that you can kind of target. Um, looking at the, looking at the Sunday slate, um, so the Christmas Eve slate before we kind of get into Ravens Niners, is there any other game that you think is particularly interesting to you? I know that we actually might get a snow game in Briot's Broncos. I think that they're actually saying that the snow is actually going to be on the field and snowing at the time of the game. We've kind of seen that total drop precipitously. Uh, but is there any other spot that maybe you're looking at so far, looking at the weekend right now? Yeah, I mean, there there's some ugly ones in there for <laughs> sure. I think for me, the Lions-Vikings is going to be a fun game. I'm yeah. excited. The divisional rivalry, Vikings defense trending in the right direction. A guy that's been a stud for me all season long is Sam Laporta. I love and Laporta, I, yeah, baby. I love my tight ends. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fantasy owner, this guy is one of your favorite people in the world. And I mean, I'm in that boat. But this is a guy that's been extremely consistent. And when we look at what the Vikings do, they are maybe the most telling defense in football in the sense that they blitz almost double as much as anyone else. And because of the fact that they don't have maybe standout corners, like a lot of the teams that are very blitz heavy, they play heavy zone defense. So they're a heavy zone blitz team. They're very obvious about this. They don't try to hide it. And it works out very very well. But what that does do is it funnels short intermediate targets over the middle. And Sam Laporta is going to be a huge beneficiary of that. I know Amon Ross St. Brown, great player. He'll be there as well. Same with Jameer Gibbs. But I think the biggest hike is going to go to Sam Laporta. Here. Yeah. And he's at four and a half receptions here. He's hit that in, he's averaging 5.1 averaging, or he's hit this in eight of the 14 games this season and uh, he's three of his last five. So definitely, definitely an interesting spot for Laporta. I love Laporta. I want I just have a, like a process question for you with that like I know like you're talking about like when you talk about game script and you're saying like okay well um this player like there it's gonna it's gonna induce like a lot of check downs it's going to induce like that type of pass right uh for a guy like Laporta or like when you're doing this kind of cap what makes you decide like I want to do receptions or I want to do receiving yards because obviously you need receptions you obviously need more touches whereas like you could in theory cast cash a yards prop in one play is there one that you kind of lean towards or is it just more based on like what the line is essentially 
Yeah, no, that's a great question. The line obviously always does play a big part. I think for me, if it, there's no easy answer to this question. I'd say the number one thing you want to look at is ADOT, right? Average depth of target. That'll be um, a very telling sign. That's how, you know, the average distance of how far a wide receiver is running on these targets. So if you got a guy like a Chris Olave, right? A guy who's maybe a 15 ADOT, he's running down the field routes. That's a guy that I'm always targeting for yards, not receptions. Because I know when he does convert it's likely going to be down the field and I'd rather take a chance on something like that if you notice I like playing a lot of tight ends I like playing a lot of running backs in those situations it's easier to project out touches than it is what they're going to do with those touches right we know I think he'll get a certain amount of catches based on what our projected game script are and then whatever your projections are but at the end of the day there's not going to be anything that that tells you obviously that's a differentiator I think experience is the biggest thing that comes with it but I would say a dot for the the player the wide receiver tight end your target and then a a sneaky one as well is the average depth of target from the quarterback or the average air yards per target to take it a step further so how far is a quarterback on average throwing the ball downfield a good example this week i'm targeting tanner hudson another tight end it's the tight end special for the Bengals at over two and a half receptions. The reason I'm doing that instead of something like yards is because Jake Browning, since entering the starting lineup, has the lowest um, QB air yards of any quarterback in the league. So this is a guy that's consistently checking the ball down. He's not looking for downfield targets. And when they do have those spike plays, it's because Jamar Chase is breaking a 50-yard screen pass. Yeah. You know, now we have no chase. Uh, yeah. We have other players like Hudson who step up. So for me, I think that's one easy way to look at it. That's awesome. No, I think that's really useful for a lot of people because I think we see it and it's like, well, four and a half receptions, 47, like it'll be like 47 yards or something like that, or 50 yards. And it's like, what, like you figure they probably get one if they don't get the other. But I think it's always fascinating to understand like what your thought process is on why that can happen. Um, so I do want to touch on the last game though of the slate, which I think is fascinating, right? Like this Ravens. 49ers game to me is the game of the week. I think it's like a potential Super Bowl matchup. Uh, I think it's what it's got. It's got the two top teams in DVOA overall over the course of the season with the Niners and the Ravens. Um, the spreads moved. So, you know, it opened at three for the Niners. It's moved up to five and a half. I know we've crossed a lot of like dead numbers, right? Like the four and a half, five, five and a half. Um, I don't know if it's going to get to six. I hope it gets to six because I'd love to grab a six with the Ravens, but I think the five and a half is kind of okay for me. I just, the line just feels like it's moved dramatically uh, at this point, but do you have any thoughts on the game like itself in terms of the spread, or do you have any thoughts like in terms of a player prop or like an angle that you think is particularly compelling in this spot? Yeah, no, I mean, I do uh, every week, I do a Sunday night just when the games end show. So I was lucky to be on the good side of the San Francisco movement where I was able to get some three, you know, a solid number right there. Yeah, that's awesome. But like you said, six is a totally different ball game. I mean, especially with two teams that could be in the Super Bowl by the end of the year. I My argument in this game is I think the Ravens can go and I think they can beat any team in football except maybe the 49ers, unfortunately. <laughs> Like, this is right. A tough team. They're used to the outside. They play in the cold. They play in the wind. They can run it against anybody. But in my opinion, just with how strong this linebacker core, with how comfortable San Francisco is, not only with defending that style of play, but then running it themselves, right? San Francisco will run it right back into you on the other side. And the Ravens are not a team that's handled the run as well over the last couple of weeks. So it's one of those things. I think that the rush defense is trending in the wrong direction. I think this game can be controlled enough by the rushing attack of the 49ers to get the win but at six you know at five and a half it's not really a bet for me once again three is probably where I'd want to be maybe three and a half yeah and, and I thought it was particularly interesting too right like the Jags threw for 258 yards uh, against them last week and then even the week prior the Rams like they, they put up 31 points and you know they threw as well for three or for almost 300 yards they threw for 282 so so I, I'm a little interested just in the fact that like the Ravens defense has been so good, but they are kind of allowing a little bit of yards right now. The Niners just have so many different ways to attack you. It's like 
anybody can have a good game. And it almost seems like everybody does have a good game for the Niners all the time. So it, it's fascinating. And I know like there, there's been a lot of talk about is one of these teams, uh, you know, is Brock Purdy going to be the MVP? Lamar Jackson, like is seemingly to be in the conversation. Purdy is the consensus favorite right now. I think he's a minus number last I checked. Is that a spot? Like my, my question is not necessarily, are you going to bet on Purdy, but is this a spot? Like if you were going to bet somebody else, it probably has to be before this game. If you think the Ravens have any chance of kind of winning, right? Yeah, I would just say at this point, I mean, I rarely bet futures in season, but I actually have this year a little bit. And I got some Purdy at 1300 a couple weeks ago, which I, like I said, when I bet it on, on the show, I was kind of like, I'm almost betting this in case it happens. Yeah. I don't want it to happen, right? I, and I, I mean, it's nothing against the 49ers fans. I don't want to get these guys riled <laughs> up at me. I've been an OG Jimmy G supporter. I know what the Shanahan system can do to you guys and I mean I don't know what to tell you this guy's not the MVP players on his team are telling you he's not the MVP the problem is like I agree Lamar Jackson would have been the clear pivot but you could have gotten it a week ago assuming they get the win last week and then they get the primetime win now that number's kind of cut in half due to everyone else kind of flopping out no Dak Prescott in the conversation anymore for me there's just not really much value left on the board. No way I'm Ben Purdy at minus 200. <laughs> and then CMC, if, if you can get him maybe over 10 to 1, that wouldn't be bad. But I'm seeing him like 6 to 1. So, yeah. Uh, and running backs just don't really win like MVP. So it's definitely it's definitely a much harder task to win MVP as a non-quarterback. It's just it's a quarterback's award at this point. Um, so I think it's, it's going to be an exciting sports weekend. And I know like it's going to kind of be – it's one of those – it's tough. Like I always – want to watch sports um especially like games at this point like you're in your fantasy playoffs like you want to watch these games uh and it's hard when you like with your family like depending on who you who are you with or how your family is like in terms of what they want to watch but um like i know i'll have these games on i know i'll have some action on it but we want to try to get at least help you guys make some educated decisions here um but then so the nba is off on christmas eve and then we have a five game slate on christmas day and the christmas day slate is like i think it's awesome uh overall and we start with the knicks and the bucks and i look it's a it's a really interesting scheduling quirk because the knicks are also playing the bucks on saturday at home in the garden and then they play again on christmas day so it's a really weird spot here um i know like personally like obviously i want the knicks to win and we don't have totals on like really any of these games right now they've been popping coming back coming like coming off the market like whatever i think this this game's i think is going to go over and i know monotone you probably heard like the christmas day unders thing but uh and it's like everybody's like oh bet unders on christmas day but i think I think the market's adjusted a little bit to that, especially, you know, the, the way that these offenses have been so far over the course of the season, like the offenses just keep getting better. Um, tell me how to not bet on Jalen Brunson in this game. <laughs> no, man, you're not going to get that from me. I, I like Brunson in this game, but unfortunately I think I like him because I probably disagree with you about liking the Knicks. Yeah. Right? I, I kind of see Bucks being in, in the position of power in this game, you know, they're in that five mm-hmm. um, to 10 point leading position. And I think Brunson's going to be the guy that they heavily lean on to make up for it. Maybe we see a little bit more ISO, you know, playoff style Brunson, where he has to take over a little bit more with the bright lights. Uh, the biggest thing for me, and I know you can obviously, I'm sure you could talk about this for hours. <laughs> Mitchell Robinson really changes. Things, oh yeah. Man. I've been saying it. I've been doing podcasts since 10 AM today. A lot of Knicks talk for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just keep saying it everywhere I go. Hardenstein is a good backup. It's good. Listen, nothing against him. But now you're losing Sims as well, which even if he's not great, it's a depth piece for me, especially when you face a team like the Bucks, a Giannis, a Lopez. Losing that depth in the big room is going to be really tough right here. And that's kind of almost a deal breaker for me at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's really tough, especially because Mitchell Robinson is not necessarily like a great offensive player. Like you, nobody thinks of him as an offensive player. Offensive rebounds are like make you a good offensive player. And he was like a leading, he had more than some teams at the beginning of the season, right? So I think when you lose that and you lose like a little bit of like 
your identity. Uh, and I think that that's been something that's been very tough for the Knicks. And like you said, Hartenstein, great backup excellent backup he's actually probably going to be too expensive for the Knicks to resign next year um and you know he's a name that's kind of been floated around in some trade deals right now just to see like you know well we probably can't afford him next year like maybe we can get a piece back and like along with somebody else like whatever um it makes it very difficult uh moving forward but I agree with you I think Mitchell Robinson's a huge huge loss for this team and I don't I just don't know how either team is going to slow the other one down um, and it just feels like one of those spots where we're going to be looking at big overs on potentially some superstars too, between, you know, Dame Giannis and Jalen Brunson, and even a little bit of Randall too. Yeah, it's hard not, I mean, Randall is like one of those guys where his baseline floor is so high. I talk <laughs> about this on past the prop all the time. Cause my co-host Justin loves Julius Randall props and I'm always tailing him because of it, but the baseline he has is so nice. And I know you appreciate this yeah. as a guy that's just been betting all the time over these years. And you see so many guys just completely flop. Randall has always given you that 17, 18 field goal attempts. Doesn't matter if we're misfiring in the beginning, we're going to keep going. And yeah. that, that obviously can hurt you sometimes. But as a sports better, I agree. I think Randall's pure. How many minutes is he going to play in this game? Is Pro- he going to play 40? 40. 40, probably. I mean, like- I don't, in a primetime game like this, they're already doing it on a regular game. I could see him, you know, 41, 42 minutes in this game. And obviously, the rebounds just come. The, the opportunity is going to be there on offense. A PRA could be very solid right there. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, last game that he played against the Bucks, it, it, he kind of like slowed the offense a bit but because it was just like disjointed. But at the same time, he just didn't miss for three quarters. So it's kind of one of those spots where you you really want to back him. Uh, and it's it's tough. Like this line has moved a lot because uh, the Knicks opened as like six point favorites over the summer or six point underdogs rather like before the season started. And this line has kind of come down, come down, come down, come down. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely going to be a narrow game, I think. But at the same time, with the way that these offenses both are, I think it's very hard to like say like, oh, like I want like the three, right? Like it's like it's it's nice, it's a possession, like whatever. But like you could very well see like a game like this game just getting out of control, like one way or the other, um, just based on the way the offenses are. Even at the end of the game, like it could be close and going up to like almost the end of the fourth quarter. Then all of a sudden it's like fifteen points just because the offense exploded on one team or the other. So I think it's gonna be a fascinating game i'm excited for it uh it's it's always tough as a knicks fan when they start the day at noon uh they have the early game eastern time and i'm like am i just gonna start my christmas day just with an l <laughs> so it, it's always tough with that um the next okay, game you know what they say go- what? Uh, money makes more problems right hey my wizards we've never even had that problem you know they, it's a good problem to have at least you get a christmas game that's you know true I mean? most of us are on the outside but that's I, true. I see what you mean that's Especially if you're a sports better, it could be a rough start. It could be rough. Yeah, it could be rough. So I'll probably just stick with a Brunson over for me. And then maybe I'll look at some, uh, maybe I'll look at some Julius Randle as well. But I, I know that I want a Brunson pick. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully he doesn't cook too much. I mean, I'll probably wind up betting him on Saturday too. I just think it's such a good matchup. But we'll, we'll kind of see what the Knicks decide to do with their rotations and stuff. But I could see it being slightly different on the primetime Christmas Day game. Um, the next game, I think, is compelling for a variety of different reasons, right? We're looking at the Warriors versus the Nuggets. And I look, I think Denver's awesome. I think Denver, they they still have some issues. Like they're not they haven't looked as good as they did last year, obviously. What do you think about the Warriors, man? Because they like I think they're bad. But, like, the numbers are interesting. Like the advanced metrics say like they're fine. But like when I watch them, I'm like I just don't feel it like they don't they don't it doesn't feel the same and I know they beat Boston the other night uh with a crazy comeback but Boston also I think tied their franchise record for missed threes in a game which is just insane as well (laughs) wow that that is some good perspective because I'm sure a lot of people watched that game and didn't come away with that information that hey the Warriors got the win but it was kind of a historically bad loss on the other side exactly I I did not know that that That's an interesting context. Fun fact. But yeah. what do you what do you think about the Warriors this season? Because obviously like the Draymond stuff has been make, making the lineups a little bit wonky. Um Curry looks great still, but what what do you think about that team overall this season? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, man, what's going on with Wiggins? I mean, obviously, Clay is is the one everyone's pointing to. But at the end of the day, when you look at his age, when you look at his injury history, a guy that's been so dependent on the three, going through a rough patch isn't super surprising to me. I mean, I feel like all, whether you're a great shooter or you've just been a high-volume shooter, you've probably gone through that. So I wouldn't give up on Clay. There's definitely reason to be concerned. I'm not signing him to a max extension or whatever. I I know that's off the table now. Um, But for me, it feels like there's a power in balance over here when do we embrace the young guys versus when do you know the veterans still keep getting those minutes despite the fact that maybe they don't deserve them right maybe Kalinga, maybe Podzinski he's awesome these guys are actually right I mean he is awesome it's kind of crazy it's like when I when they drafted him I thought was like they lost Dante DiVincenzo they just kind of got a little more versatile version of him and that's a great piece to have as a young guy so the, it's tough. I don't think I can back the Warriors in this. Do, doesn't it feel like this is the blowout of the day? Yeah. I, I don't mean to speak that into existence right here, but I'm a little worried. So I, I'm gonna write, I'm writing this game for the Action Network, uh, and that my game guide will come out probably over the weekend. But I'm all over Denver. Like I've bet it, I bet it a four and a half. I bet it a five. I bet it a five and a half. I might take some alts. Like I, Denver at home is so fucking good. <laughs> like they're eleven and two straight up on the season, plus eleven point five net rating, a hundred and. 24.8 offensive rating which is just insane and then like you're gonna play the warriors who don't have draymond green and like i think you could argue like when you look at some of the advanced numbers like literally this is cra- this blew my mind too every warrior starter has a negative net rating or negative point differential on the season which blew my mind it's like it's literally like the first time in their careers steph and draymond yeah. are going to have negative net ratings at least at this point in the season um what i thought was fascinating about this though is that like i don't know how they stop like a murray jokic pick and roll if draymond's at like looney can't do it wiggins can't do it like who who are you sarich definitely can't so it's like who are you putting in in this scenario right so like jokic over the last season last two seasons averaging a triple double against the golden state warriors 27.7 13 and 10 which is just like bonkers right and the last time jokic played on christmas 41 15 and 15 against the phoenix suns so granted that game went to overtime but i i i think you're right when you say like this could be the blowout of the day and to me like when you go like when you go to when you go to holiday parties like you go to like your family for christmas like do you talk about are you talking about the games do you talk about sports Oh yeah, 100%. you know what you know what your like old uncle Bart or whatever the fuck his name is gonna say. He's gonna be like Steph Curry, like the Warriors, the Warriors. How are the Warriors dogs? It's Christmas. I'm gonna bet on them. Like I, I feel like that's what what's gonna happen, and I think that's the reason why we're seeing this number kind of be a little sticky. Uh, I'm going to be real concerned if it's maybe 11 o'clock and I start to hear murmurs that the Lakers Warriors money line parlay is the dog <laughs> parlay of the year. I'm, I'm kind of worried because now that you're saying it, I could really see that. You know, it's 11 o'clock. The first bush light has been popped, obviously. <laughs> We're starting to get into it. You got to lay down a couple DraftKings picks before things get going yeah. or maybe little old-fashioned maybe you got it that's what i do you got to make real quick cousin sal across the street is ready taking him on christmas he never sleeps the book he never sleeps so i'm going to be cautioning against that because i agree christmas is the ultimate you meet your cousin the guy you haven't seen in a while maybe he just started sports betting and he is telling you he's not asking he is telling you that the lakers and the Warriors, both of them, they're both plus money. If you bet them both, you can't possibly lose today. And hey, don't fall for that trap, guys. No, please don't. Please don't. But if if you do have a cousin that is just starting to bet, make sure that you 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 get them to use your sign-up code so you get a couple free bets in the process. At least do that. <laughs> At least do that. Um, but I do like that game. A couple of the props that I'm looking at, I'm looking at Jokic over 12.5 boards. Um, I think that that's like a great spot against this Warriors team that might have to play Looney like a little bit more and like he's still going to just out be, he's just going to outplay Saric, right? Um, I think MPJ threes is an interesting one. He's got 17 points in all four of his games against the Warriors last two seasons, three, four, five, and five threes. Uh, And Jamal Murray, look, if it's a, if if it's a playoff like atmosphere, you know, that dude wants to score. (laughs) Like, you know, he wants to score. So those were a couple of the spots that I was looking at. I don't know if there's a player that you have been like interested in, at least in one of these games. 
Yeah, I mean, I think just because I, I do have those blowout concerns, I think Jokic is the guy I'm going to on, on that side of the ball. I think if it is a blowout, a lot of the reason is because they're getting dominated right there. But speaking of another guy with a really high floor, Jamal Murray, great for alt lines. If you maybe don't want to play the 20 yards, maybe you bring it down to 16. We're going to see 12 to 14 efficient shot attempts, yeah. you know, at the minimum, right? So for me, I think a guy like Murray does stick out. If you want to, you know, build an alt line parlay, maybe go down a couple points. I think that's where I'd be targeting. That's kind of that's a definitely a fun way to look at it. When you you know, it's funny that you brought up the blowout stuff, right? Because I I get that in a lot, and like I feel like it happens in your Discord a lot. Like there's always like conversations like blowout concern, right? Like or whatever. What are your thoughts on blowouts? Because a lot of times in my mind, I think like somebody had to produce. So like you know, like it, it's I think blowouts are very hard to cap. Uh, and like, if you do think that it's a blowout, then like, maybe you don't play it. But at the same time, like if you're betting on a player's points over or something like that, it, it probably is a contributing factor to the blowout. No. I completely agree. I mean, that's one of the the most challenging questions there is, really. I mean, as a guy that, you know, has been on here every day trying to grind this out between multiple sports, you know, blowouts um, affect different sports differently. And the NFL, way different, right? You almost want a blowout in the NFL sometimes so you can get that passing game script, right? There's not really anything comparable in the NBA. For me, my biggest thing is I think over the last couple of years, I've been a little bit too conservative in being afraid of blowouts. I think I've been a little too conservative in crossing games off and just completely saying, you know what, we got eight games. Let me ignore maybe something that stuck out to me initially because of the blowout. But I, I've become coming around more to your perspective there of if there is going to be a blowout, I want the guy involved in making it a blowout, right? And it, it really just depends on how you see the game. But for me, it's kind of the question that, you know, you're tackling every single day. But at the end of the day um people are going to throw out blowout concern anytime there's a big spread but in reality it's the nba it's the you know mlb with these long seasons there's blowout concern in every single game right it's the variance of the game so i would say just remember that whenever you're placing a bet and try not to let it slow you down too much for sure for sure so the next game we're looking at is that celtics lakers game and it sounds like you like the Celtics here, but uh, <laughs> like just based on what you're saying about that underdog money line parlay, Lakers are home dogs. It's, it spreads about one and a half, two right now. You figure Tatum went out with that injury. He played the rest of the game against the. Uh, he played the rest of the game against the. Who the fuck do they play against? The Warriors. Um, and then you know he didn't play against the Kings. We're recording this early, so we're trying to like project a little bit. I imagine he plays. No, like it, like it's it's tough to it's tough to guess. But if it, considering he finished the one game, you skipped a game. Maybe he sits out against the Clippers. I think that game's coming up, and then plays against the uh, against the Lakers on Christmas. What do what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I think he suits up in that one. I'm I'm excited to watch this game. It's not like I'm I'm a huge Lakers hater or anything like that either. Yeah. Just to be clear, like I, I'm perfectly fine betting on the Lakers. For me, everyone I think has their system when it comes to games like this. No matter how crazy they are, I'm never going to try to sell you on having a system. I've just noticed as a better that bets on Christmas and bets on Thanksgiving um, and these big huge slates. I like backing the favorites in these situations, especially yeah. in the NBA. I like purely at the end of the day going I think this is the better team and I think everyone wants it to be a close game so bad and these are one of the few times where the public market pressure is enough to I think actually affect maybe what the true line should be and I think you actually get a little value on favorites because of that I think people almost are willing the Lakers a point higher than they maybe should be on the projections simply to the fact that people when they sit down they want the dog they want the competitive game they want LeBron LeBron right? all yeah. those factors kind of add up and i think for me i I like the celtics because of it yeah i I think this is a really tough game just overall for really for both teams right like i think that they both kind of match up pretty interestingly with each other you could throw lebron on tatum you throw tatum on lebron um you know you jalen brown is still like a decent defender um and then drew holiday can obviously like cause havoc uh on the perimeter too so i think and then obviously anthony davis like the anthony davis porzingis matchup is crazy because you would think that they're they like look like they should be good defenders for each other and like they're not really like they both play such a different style of game is there like a particular 
player in this matchup like obviously like everybody's always interested in lebron and everybody's always interested in tatum is there like another like who's been your like little prop muse on one of these teams that you think is interesting uh from like a you know or maybe he's like a little bit underappreciated on the season oh yeah i liked all those little white guys on the celtics bench baby <laughs> give me sam hauser give me Payne pritchard all those guys have been real sneaky especially those bench units have been i thought that would be the weakness of the team i'm not gonna lie i didn't have Dang. much faith in those units but if they keep knocking down threes at the rate they are then hey i'm, I'm gonna keep backing them i don't think we have any lines at this point no those not- guys yeah hauser threes has been like so consistent for me but in terms of the stars this is funny because obviously tatum versus lebron is huge in gambling twitter whenever it happens and i remember two years ago i remember in my discord i remember the biggest play of the day was obviously um tatum against lebron right and if you look at the stat muse you bring it back all the numbers are fantastic against lebron right and it moved like three four points i was sitting there like wow oh my god and it turned out that day one of my biggest bets at the time ended up being on Jalen Brown in the same game because his stats the whole time against the Lakers were just as good. He was actually outperforming expectation more than Tatum was in comparison to his line. So everyone was going, look, Tatum loves the Lakers, Kobe, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But I mean, hey, Jalen Brown loves playing the Lakers too. It's pretty obvious from what we've seen so far. And to me, all that being said, Two years has gone by. Not much has changed. I think everyone's going to go in the Tatum direction. I think that leaves a little bit of value on Brown, especially with the fact that the the outside defense um, for guards on the Lakers team is, is where we can target a little bit more. Let me get some one-on-one reps against D'Lo. Throw that to oh. me. I'll take a little read. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll go to business there. So I think Jalen Brown is a solid look for points. No, I think that's a great angle. And I kind of have a similar thought for the Lakers, right? Like I'm looking at, you know, maybe a D'Angelo Russell or maybe an Austin Reeves uh, at, from their three points because they the Celtics have given up a lot of threes above the break. And guys like Austin Reeves, guys like D'Lo, those are the guys taking those above the break threes for the Lakers. Um, LeBron, I just don't like, I really don't like betting LeBron threes. Like, I don't know what happened. He was... He was so good. What was it? Three years ago, and he was shooting almost forty yeah. percent from three. I don't know what happened since then, and it's just been it's been all downhill from there. But uh, those are those are a couple of the guys that I was looking at in this game. But it, it's always like those role players that seem to have, I think, better value. I, I think it's harder for the books to really set their lines. Not that Jalen Brown's a role player, but he's not Tatum. Um, yeah, I agree. And I agree with that. And I think you take it a step further for the names I mentioned earlier, the Pritchards, the Housers, right? Yeah. I think those are the names that get lost all the time. And hey, if you followed me for a long time, or if you've never heard of me, I love those guys. That's where <laughs> I make my living, right? Let me get the bench players. Let me get the guy thrust into the starting lineup. That's what I live for. It's right? always fun betting on a guy that like, you're like, is he going to play? Because then he plays and he just balls out. So like, those are, those are always fun. Now, I want to look the next game. I'm particularly conf- I'm confused about this line, right? Because it's funny. Cause like you mentioned, you're like, give me the favorites. And I'm shocked that in this game, it's the Sixers at the Miami <laughs> and the Sixers are one and a half point dogs. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like I, I don't, I don't get it. I think Philly has been demonstrably better over the course of the entire season. Philly is a title contender. They're one of the best teams in the league right now. What's going on with this? Like, I, I mean, I was hoping you'd tell me. I was hoping you'd maybe clear it up in the intro part. I know you did a little content before. I was hoping you'd come out with a speech and explain to me why this is. Because I don't know. And I, it's, it's concerning. Yeah. It's concerning to not know why the spread is like this. The only thing that I know I that – uh, This is an interesting – Brian Fonseca said that Spo, since being the head coach of the Heat, is eight and zero on Christmas Day. So eight and zero against the spread on Christmas Day. So yeah, LeBron James. Yeah, he had LeBron for four. He had LeBron for four of them. So, but still eight and it's like it's kind of one of those. It's like is that a big enough sample size? I mean, like it's like we'll look at like last ten games, right? Um, It's I, I think it's a fascinating spot to me. I think a lot of it comes down to the Joel Embiid, Bam Adebayo matchup, right? So, like, I like 
Joel Embiid under 33 and a half points. Like it's not out yet. I'm assuming that's probably where the line's going to be. You know how gross this is? Like I'm not saying this is a goat Max Whale play lock whatever for all you people on uh on gambling Twitter or X right now. But look, he's only gone over 30 points in 2 of 19 games head to head against Bam Adebayo. And the biggest thing is actually this season, last season, he's averaged like 11.7 free throws per game. He's making about 10. He's a great free throw shooter. He's a, he's a very good shooter overall. Those games against Bam Adebayo, uh, his last 10, he's only averaging like seven field goal, free throw attempts per game. So it speaks about like what exactly we're seeing because when I looked at even this season, he's really he's only missed 30 points. I think it was five times, uh, which is insane, right, on the season. The difference is that in those games that he went under, in four of the five, he didn't see double-digit free throws. Christmas Day, I wonder to an extent, do the refs swallow their whistle a little bit because it's not a good product for people watching the games at home? That's a good angle right there. That's a good angle. I, I can see that. And I, I mean, it's not like an edge that's worth 40 points. Or no. Any, you know, it's, it's an edge that's worth, you know, two to three points, you know, which is interesting. But I, I, I'm glad you pointed that out right there. It's always tough. It can always go the opposite way if it feels like it's hell. There's 40 million whistles. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to be embarrassed in national, you know, because they don't like to let them retaliate. I mean, yeah. Referees feel like that's um, embarrassment on their ends. So then we get super strict. So nobody can, you know what I mean? Like there's always the the opposite angle, but I would tend to agree with you there. I think that's a good, a good way to look at it. Yeah, it's tough. It's always interesting because I'm like, I, I always want to like, uh, like big brain it or galaxy brain it, right? And I'm like, is the league telling them, it's like, yo, like this game can't go that late. Like, we don't want to start Mavs Suns at 11 p.m. Like, you know, it's like you got to chill with that whistle. Like, this game's got to be on TV. Um, That's the only thing I could think because, like, overall, like, it's not even, it's really, it's not even close. Um, On the season, Philly's second in adjusted net rating. Miami uh, is in 16th. And the difference is dramatic because Philly's plus 7.9 in adjusted net. Miami's plus 0.5. Like that's and that's schedule yeah. adjusted, so it's it's a huge huge swing to me. Like I, I, I don't understand it, and like when I see one of those, like it, it's tough because a lot of times, like I'll bet that type of thing where I'm like, my numbers are saying like everything is this way. Like I'm just gonna take the gift. Other times, I feel like, and I know other people do too. They're like, this line stinks. I don't want to touch it. Which which boat do you kind of find yourself in? <laughs> It's a great question again. I mean, for me, I think it's always – I try to look at it as a teaching moment because I think this is a, an incredibly good question. I think it's one of the things most gamblers face in their career, kind of what do you do? I think when we when you see the discourse for this game, the whole world is going to say this is a trap game. I think yeah. that's the term normally used for what you're describing in the sense that Las Vegas knows something that we don't know is the implication there. And they're setting this line at such a bad price that all of us stupid fish are going to swarm to it and bet it. That's the implication when you call something a trap but in reality if you understand how betting markets actually work what that means is that there's a large amount of money that is consistently flowing in from accounts that are deemed sharp or market worthy moving accounts right and those are the people that are controlling where the line goes it's professional sports bettors so when i look at this game i the reason i said it's a teaching moment what am i missing that these guys are seeing what what is the thousands the hundreds of thousands the big betters that impact the market what are they seeing that the rest of us are missing in this game and that that's how i try to look at it so i don't cross it off as a trap game i look at it and go i like the sixers in this game but i'm clearly way off market here so what can i try to do in my process to see what the other side would be seeing right what can i try to do to justify why the heat are favored in this game and why maybe the sharp money is loving them and try to get a little bit closer to that conclusion yeah and i think it's fascinating too because like when we look at they haven't played yet this season but when we look back at last season right on april 6th miami two and a half point underdog they won outright a 129 101 uh on april or 
March 1st, Philly, three and a half point underdog. Philly wins outright, 119.96. February 27, Miami, five and a half point underdog. They win outright, 101.99. And then, so those were their three games last season. And then even the season before, Miami has won now for the last five. So it's it's been fascinating. And honestly, what's even been weirder is that in the last four, the underdog has won. So it it's an interesting it's like an interesting dichotomy. I, I don't know. I think to me, it's because of what Bam Adebayo can do against Joel Embiid. And like if you can limit Joel, he's such a like important part of their offense, then like that's been what the issue is, I guess. But at the same time, it's like Embiid is a different he seems to be a different player than he was in years past. With with no James Harden there, we're seeing the the passing vision is much improved. Um, the assists have gone up. The offense seems to be running a lot more like freely, and it's not as um, like your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, or like I'm going to dribble the ball out and then try to find somebody. So that's that's the only thing. But like I I, I can't I just can't get there. Like I don't understand it. So to me, like I'm probably going to bet Philly. Um, I just, I just don't, I, I don't know what I'm missing, and that I think that's the thing that you were kind of getting at. It's just like it's a very, it's a very awkward, it's a very interesting line. Yeah, and I mean, for a guy like you or a guy like me that we live this, we breathe it. For us to feel like something's missing is like a a weird feeling. You're, you know, you're thrown off when you see stuff like that. So it's interesting. I think you brought up some good points there. I don't know if I'm going to actually take a side, but I will say is the way I could use this whole process and what we talked about to inform a bet. And in fact, a bet I'll probably make is when we look at the game like this, if the market is telling us that the Heat are successful how do we look at this? How do we look at the Heat actually having that success? One of the first things I think about to me is Jimmy Butler right here. One of the first things that sticks out, a great underrated defender like Melton, I think is going to see a lot of Tyler Hero. I think we're going to see Tyler Hero with a little bit of a tougher matchup. Philly is very good at limiting the catch and shoot players at times. They're good at getting the hand in the face, right? So for me, that screams, we're funneling a lot more offensive potential to a guy like Jimmy Butler, who obviously we know the Sixers drop defense. We know Embiid is going to be down there in the paint. I see Jimmy Butler eating in the mid-range. So for me, Jimmy Butler points is something I'm probably going to end up getting to. And I think using the market and the confusing line is a good way to kind of inform your process as well. Yeah, and you love that because I feel like Jimmy like loves getting up against like any of his old teams. So it's definitely it's definitely going to yeah. be a fun spot. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, I think it's also one of those games like out of all the games on the slate that I think I have like the worst feel for outside of that Joel under like I do really like that. And then I think I'll probably bet this Jimmy prop with you as well. But that takes us to the last game of the night, which I think is great. It's a very interesting game, right? Because you have the Mavericks versus the Suns. I don't know what's up with the Mavericks. The Mavericks' whole team is on the injury report right now. Um, <laughs> Maxi Kleba has out, been out with a toe injury. Josh Green has been out with an elbow I- issue. Derek Lively, very important, out with an ankle injury. Kyrie Irving out with a heel injury. And then Luca, it looks like it's probably just a one-day thing, but he's not going to be playing on Friday night, so this is tonight's game. Uh, he's not going to be playing with a quad injury. Um, what, what do you think... What do you think about this game? Because Phoenix is dealing with their own injury stuff with, you know, with Bradley Beal, but the spread is moved against Dallas. We're seeing the Suns are now at like five, five and a half, six point favorites. What do you think about this game? Uh, can, can Luca kind of will them to a win here? Oh, oh, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be real tough. I mean, when you look at this, it, we, we talked about this briefly before the show, but like lively, not having a center there would be such a big deal. And the way we were reading these injury reports, to me, it doesn't look like we're trending in the right direction, right? I, I would yeah. guess lively probably isn't playing. I would say the good news, even though the Suns or the, the Mavs scare me, is that these minutes are going to be highly concentrated. Like, oh my God. I mean, the scoring without all these options, like you said, it's going to be Luka. Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming off a 37-minute performance. That's not a guy we see in that minute range very often. And what do we know about Tim Hardaway Jr.? He's out there to chuck the ball. So for me, a guy like Tim Hardaway, a guy who, by the way, I do not like betting Tim Hardaway. No, he's going to unfortunately be someone that 
I know it's the inconsistency, but the good part about the inconsistency is he gives you a zero for six and he also gives you a six for 12. So, you know, I think a six for 12 is very possible. I just bet Luca 10 rebounds in the last game. I think Luca 10 rebounds will be a good play. Once again, he played 44 minutes. It's Luca against the world out there and they let him get every rebound on the free throws. They, I mean, they're the gift guy rebounds. So, I mean, I guess it's the least they can do, but I think those two kind of stick out to me just because I think the increased usage with all those injuries is going to be a big deal yeah i'm with you there i think that just for the game in general like it's going to be very tough i think for dallas to to really stop what phoenix is going to bring offensively because even without bradley beal like the booker durant numbers are just insane um and like i think you mentioned like you know like when you when you look at the the way the injury report is like you get further and further down and it's like the impact when one guy's out is significant, but then like it compounds when more and more and more guys are out. And it's like, this team is just not good anymore. You're like, they just don't, it's hard to game plan. Like it's hard to like, you're not getting like the reps that the guys that Luke is playing with are not guys that he's taking like normal, like full season reps with, right? Like it's just, that's just not what's happening. So when you get into a game like this and a national stage, like as good as Luca might be like, it's going to be hard to not want to bet a little bit of a PRA for Luca, but it's also like the game could just get totally out of control. I agree. I think that's why I'm, I'm shading towards rebounds just because it's a little safer mountain to climb. Um, maybe higher chance we get there outside of a blowout, but I agree. The PRA's always got to be tempting with the 44 minutes. We haven't even covered the other side. Who's going to guard these guys? Who's is it? Omax Prosper? Is no. that who's guarding Kevin Durant? R- really? What are we doing good. here? It's Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, and you've got nobody for him. Yeah. Like, nobody. There's no like, chance. Luka? It, it's, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's impossible. I, I don't know. I, don't, I just think it's going to be a layup line. Like, it literally just might be a layup line. Um, and, like, the Suns are. The Suns are an interesting team because, like, the Suns, they they added a lot of guys that shoot a lot of threes, right? Um, you know, in the role player area. But, like, Durant and Booker don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, they're like, just, I want to get to the rack. And, like, they want to take, they're just going to cross you over. They're going to take that eight-foot jumper, and they live and breathe it. And, like, I just don't see any way Dallas can stop them. I'm, I might look at, like, a team total over. Um, it's going to be interesting, though. What, what has been surprising is Dallas is playing fast this season uh and they've historically over the last couple they've play, played much slower um phoenix plays at a slow pace now but like it, i i think pace always matters but like i think in a spot like this the offense is just going to really shine through i agree i like that i think because i mean i like the suns if it hasn't yeah. become obvious <laughs> until this point right? i like the suns but i do think the team total is a good way to attack it because the hardest part about the player prop department if it is a blowout is there's so many different ways you could see this happening right yeah. what if out of nowhere kevin durant has 12 points in the first quarter you think you're cashing your bet by halftime you've already spent that money on christmas gifts what happens if suddenly grayson allen is wide open what, what does that little white guy do he shoots threes that's his job 40 percent his career at the end of the day you're gonna you're gonna be real hurt if that happens katie's in there 11 points suddenly the defense is all collapsing on these superstars and it's freaking grayson allen's annoying ass that has 25 points nobody likes that guy's face i'm sorry i keep picking no, on it's him. super punchable I mean, I like Aaron Gordon. it's super I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna target Aaron Gordon, but it could be any of these guys that's the point it's what you said it's those three-point shooters on the outside so i think the team total is a good way to attack that right yeah now. i like the team total i think i think this i think you're comfortable laying the points on the spread as well aren't you oh yeah oh yeah we're doing that we're doing that and it might even have to be a little like i don't do alt lines for spreads that much for the nba at least but yeah. i think it could be worth exploring maybe a, you know a minus 10 maybe parlayed with something else you know a, a point score or something like no that. that could that could definitely be fun um now th- so our christmas day slate it's jam-packed it's super exciting i i should have put this in the beginning of the podcast because this is a first so if anybody gets if anybody listens to this really early like on friday this is going to be interesting but look there's one game on friday that i wanted to touch on because i think that there's one player prop that i think is particularly interesting uh and it's with your it's with your washington wizards (laughs) we got the wizards against the golden state warriors on friday how many turnovers does jordan Poole have in this game (laughs) 
That's that's what we call a squad ride right there, boys. Me, Joe, anyone in my Discord, anyone following us on Twitter, that's 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 the true Christmas spirit right there. That is the squad <laughs> ride of all squad rides. Because like you said, this guy's I mean, he's gonna force every opportunity Everything. possible. Yeah. Like, if you've watched him, that's not ending up well. That's going terribly. No. Right? That's it's complete opposite of what we hope so i agree man that's the way to go yeah i I might like take like a points over assist under turnover over like uh type of parlay and like and maybe like warriors money line too uh because i could also go ahead i was gonna say kuzma under maybe i know kuzma's like the darling but he surprisingly if there's five nba players in the league that would literally be like no you need to cook your former team i'm gonna let you cook <laughs> i mean what are they playing for legitimately what are they they're playing for nothing, nothing. this is the, a pathetic team if the pistons weren't so bad we'd be the laughing stock they're really helping us out right here in dc we're trying to sell our team we would be the pistons right if they weren't here so shout out to monty up there doing god's we're keeping me out of the limelight right now. But that doesn't mean that Jordan Poole isn't going to have 40 turnovers right here. But no. I agree. I'm going to have to get the points over just because. Just if it happens and I miss it, I'm going to be sad. But that that I wouldn't recommend doing it because it's burned me every time I've done it so far. I know. It's it's so going to be one of those. It's a back-to-back. They're playing the uh, they're playing the Blazers right now. So it's uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I got to bet. I got to get that turnovers bet in. So if you guys made it this far, by Friday game time, you guys got an extra bet in here. But uh, with that monotone, I want you know what you know what the drill is at this point of the episode. I got to hit you with pods and Rex. Let's make it a Christmas edition. What is your like? So I, I I can give you a second to think about this. But for me, like on Christmas, like my recommendation is obviously like you want to bet on all these games, right? I do like the idea of like throwing together like a little bit of like an all day parlay. I think that that can be kind of fun. We've given you plenty of picks for that. But my favorite Christmas thing, I love like, I, like I'm, I'm half Italian and I love those little like the Pignoli cookies, like the ones that have like the little pine nuts on them. I love those cookies. I think it's one of the best cookies in the world um and they're they're my favorite they're kind of soft they're a little chewy at the same time you dunk them in a little bit of espresso you really have a great time so I, i'm gonna recommend a nice little pignoli cookie and i'm also going to recommend uh so i be, i'm a big whiskey guy i'm a big bourbon drinker um i my wife got me an ice mold and it's like one of those it's like one of the spe- the big spheres so it's really elevated my drink game it's made my old fashions exponentially better i'm going to recommend one of those uh and you know pour pour yourself a nice old fashioned have a good time maybe switch up the regular sugar with brown sugar and call it a holiday uh and you know just have a nice time with it so that's going to be my recommendation for you folks but uh monotone what do you got for christmas <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a good start right there. You're losing me a little with the ice, I have to say. I mean, that, like, you're, I'm getting flashbacks to when you're recommending, like, drawers or whatever, cabinets or whatever, or something like that. So, you know, I'm, it's ice at the end of the day. But it is ice. I'll say, I'll start off complete opposite of what you asked me. I don't care. We play by our own rules. Eggnog. <laughs> Pour it out. That's the move. You start your morning. If anyone's brought it over to the house, you just take it. You pour it right out. You won't be needing any of that. You don't it's need that. Disgusting, <laughs> right? This is. It's not a twenty-four or seven thing for a reason. We don't drink eggnog year round. We would if it was good, right? Terrible. Start with the coffee. I would be fine skipping the coffee. I personally don't drink any coffee. It's it's Christmas. There aren't many days an eight a.m. bush light is acceptable. If you're living that kind of lifestyle, I think that's how you start your day. It really depends on how much you love your family or not. Luckily, I'm going to be going to good spots, so I won't need to be like plastered. If you don't, if you know, you don't play by, you know, you don't want to deal with any of this stuff, you should start at 8 a.m. Fuck the eggnog, all that stuff. And what I will say is the real move right here is to always keep your options open. No matter where you're going, no matter what family you're seeing, you want to have as many options open as possible. This is just like sports betting, baby. Line shopping, right? (laughs) Which aunt is absolute wizard in the kitchen, right? That's where you're going first. I know a lot of people are hitting multiple spots out here. That's always a plus EV move if we want to bring the gambling out here. You want to be collecting as many plates as possible, maximizing your return. I mean, hey, I'm not the greatest chef in the world, but this is the day that people ball out. They bring their best. You're going with your family. You want to show out. You want to bring the best food. 
you should take advantage of that. Enjoy the food. My final tip right here will be the best tip of them all. I love sports betting as much as the next guy. But at the end of the day, this is a great time of year. It's a good time of year to put your phone down, you know, place your bets, whatever. But enjoy the people that are around you, right? This is like a rare time of year where everyone's excited to see each other, whether it's gifts or something like that. Even if, you know, you got a little crazy going on. I know I got a little crazy. I think everyone can relate to that. Enjoy the good moments, right? Sports betting's here 24-7. Like I said, we do this every day, literally every day, right? It's going to be here before Christmas, after Christmas. So enjoy you know, time with loved ones, you know, if you've got them, you know, cherish that time and enjoy the holidays because it, it truly is a great time of year. You don't need to be on DraftKings every 30 seconds with your grandma <laughs> in the room. How, how long is she going to be there? Come on, what are we doing here? Put the phone down and enjoy your family. That's the ultimate tip. That's some great advice there, Monotone. So let everybody know uh, where they can find you so they know where to get you every other day of the year. Sounds good. I am over on Twitter at Monotone Football. That is where you can find me. Like I said, I've been on here grinding at the prop game for a long time. Looking forward to continue to do so for a very long time. Everything I do is free over there. You can also find the link to my Discord in my bio. Joe has been a member in there for a very long time. We very much appreciate whenever he contributes because at the end of the day, I'm here because I love talking basketball, especially with guys like Joe, obviously one of the best of the best on our app, consistent, great analysis. I'd like to think I'm in the same category, and I'd like to think a lot of the guys in our Discord as well. We got some sharp guys over there. Talking basketball with smart people makes you smarter. So if you're looking to get better at you know picks, if you're looking to improve your winning, I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm just here to try to make myself and make you guys some money. So if that's something that sounds pretty fun to you, if you've enjoyed what you've seen so far, then go check it out. I'm also live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, past the prop. I always forget to mention that. You can find that from the Twitter, obviously. But Joe's been on there in the past. A lot of great names. Great show. Consistent weekly. We're there every week for you guys with free props. So got that going as well. Hey, guys, you really can't do any better than Monotone. He's one of the best follows in the business. Uh, you can get him on Twitter, like he said. You can get, join his Discord, hop in, chat with us a little bit. It's a good time. It's all free, which is kind of awesome because there's not a lot of people in the industry that are actually putting out like really good, free quality content anymore just like at all and monotone's one of the best regardless uh so it's it's a plus ev decision and it's been a plus ev decision for you guys while you're making these bets while you're doing your process put on your christmas put on your christmas list that you want to get that subscription to props.cash you can get that first month 25 percent off with code delara 25 help you make those plus ev decisions see those green and red charts and continue to cash that